leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Therapies for autoimmune disease represent a $100 billion market, but available drugs often provide limited benefits to patients or cause problematic side effects. Landos Biopharma is targeting the area of autoimmune diseases with an initial focus on inflammatory bowel disease by pursuing therapies that target a novel pathway. We spoke to Landos founder and CEO Joseph Basagania Riera about IBD why new therapies are needed, and the approach Landos is taking. Joseph, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you very much. We're going to talk about autoimmune disease, Landos Biopharma, and your efforts to develop treatments for inflammatory bowel disease. Let's start with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, which collectively are inflammatory bowel disease. For people not familiar with these conditions, can you explain what they are, how they manifest themselves, and, and how they progress? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis are two clinical manifestations of inflammatory bowel disease, uh, which afflicts about uh, 5 million people worldwide. The prevalence is increasing. Um, they are autoimmune diseases of the gastrointestinal tract where the immune system becomes dysregulated or out of sync and starts developing uh, responses against uh, our own body and particularly destroys the intestine. Uh, the pathogenesis of those diseases is a mixture of environmental factors, the gut microbiota and genetics and they manifest differently. Ulcerative colitis affects mainly uh, the colon, whereas Crohn's disease can affect any part of the gastrointestinal tract from mouth to anus. But at the core of these diseases and understanding how to treat them, there's the immune system, an immune system that is dysregulated and needs to be brought back in sync in order to uh, treat the disease. And you, you mentioned there are about 5 million people with the condition. How, how big a market are we talking about? The, the market uh, of um, IVD therapeutics, including both Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, is estimated to be about $10 billion. The overall autoimmune disease uh, therapeutics market is about $100 billion, and they are growing every year. And about 68% um, of the market share for uh, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis therapeutics um, is dominated by biologics. 
uh, drugs that target a specific cytokine, such as TNF-alpha blockers or specific integrin uh, targets. There's a, a variety of therapies that are used to treat IBD. This ranges from, from steroids to the biologics that you mentioned, particularly TNF inhibitors like Umera and Remicade. What's wrong with the current therapies that are available today? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and, and it's at the core of Lambda's existence. Um, I believe that uh, what is clear is that there's a progression of treatments that are being used by gastroenterologists Depending on the degree of severity of those patients, usually patients start with 5-ASA or mesalamine, then they are advanced into steroids, immunosuppressants, and eventually, when they become moderate to severe, if they fail the other indications, they are moved to biologics. As you pointed out, uh, Humira, Remicade are two great examples that uh, really dominate the market or have been dominating the market. Uh, for many years. Uh, the problem with this evolution is uh, twofold. First, efficacy. Current therapies are modestly successful. In some cases, they work in about 30 to 40 percent of patients. And the other uh, very important factor is adverse side effects. For instance, the label uh, for biologics indicates increased risk for cancer, infection, and death. And those side effects are generally connected to systemic immunosuppression. The, since the disease is caused by an overactive immune system, the solution tends to be to turn off very significantly that immune system, neutralizing TNF-alpha, for instance, uh, through Remicade and Humira. If you neutralize that um, immune system, both at the colonic level in the gastrointestinal tract, but also systemically, then the ability of that immune system to fight against cancers to fight against infections such as tuberculosis or others is diminished and, and therefore the, the side effects occur. So there's an unmet clinical need for safer and more effective therapeutics for both ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. And, and we believe that, uh, that that's the genesis of Landos. We are positioning the company to help address that unmet clinical need. Uh, you're in clinical testing for BT11. This is a, a first-in-class oral therapy. What is BT11, and, and how does it work? Yes, so so BT11 is an orally active, gut-restricted, first-in-class uh, agonist of the lanthionine synthetase like 2 pathway. It's a new pathway that we discovered by studying um, abscisic acid, a naturally occurring compound uh, derived from uh, the carotenoid pathway. It's produced endogenously in our bodies, and it activates LANCL2 to suppress inflammation, to uh, get that immune system back in sync, back into regulation. What we did when we understood what the natural ligand um, was able to accomplish by activating the pathway was then to develop drugs that would activate that pathway in a way that is uh, more specific, more powerful, more selective, but it was very important to us to achieve uh, in the lead optimization stage of, of this program to develop a drug that was gut restricted. In our minds, that unmet clinical need required to have a drug that is orally active, gut restricted, and had limited systemic exposure. And the rationale for that gut restriction and limited systemic exposure is because we felt that a significant amount of the side effects of the current drugs in the market, such as biologics, were connected 
to those systemic immunosuppressive actions that increase the risk for um, cancer infection and death. So BT11 basically uh, hits these three key factors. It can be provided as a once-a-day oral dosing in the form of a tablet. It stays for the, for the most part, like uh, 99% in the gastrointestinal tract, very small amounts are absorbed into the circulation, and the small amounts that make it to circulation only stay about two hours, and then they are cleared into the kidneys. So we've achieved this. We've demonstrated that it's safe up to uh, very high doses in animals, and we've completed the phase one. We are about to release the top-line results, and the safety profile is uh, absolutely clean. No differences between placebo and even the highest dose of BT11. And we have um, a very extensive preclinical package showing preclinical efficacy in uh, five mouse models of uh, inflammatory bowel disease. So we are very confident to advance to the next stage of clinical development, which will be initiated in 2019 with a dual phase two program, proof of efficacy program in ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Uh, we'll be starting that uh, in the first half of 2019. Is the localized effect of the drug a uh, uh a quality of the drug, or is it because that target only exists in the gastrointestinal tract? No, the the GAD restriction is a, a result of the physicochemical characteristics of the drug. It was designed to stay within the gastrointestinal tract, and the majority of it stays in the gastrointestinal tract. There are some of the target LANCL2 expressed in other parts of the body. You mentioned the expected dosing is, is a once-daily pill. Is this something that would be chronically administered or treat, used to treat flares? Yes. Um, it can be both. Uh, certainly, the initial approach will be uh, to uh, treat flares. But uh, given the impressive safety profile um, and given the new mechanism of action, uh, it is possible to uh, administer BT11 long-term uh, for the long-term management of the disease. And, and we believe it has an advantage uh, beyond the safety and efficacy when compared to biologics because it doesn't require that IV infusion, which uh, definitely has negative effects on the quality of life of patients when they need to go to the hospital to get their dose of, of the biologic. Well, as an oral medication, I imagine this has the potential to be significantly less expensive than the biological therapies used today. Any notion on the pricing advantage this may have? Yeah, um, you, you may say that, and um, we are at the point where where we've developed, uh, we've scaled up production of BT11, we can produce... Uh, Kilo amounts, we've produced drug substance in large amounts, we've produced drug product in the form of tablets, we tested tablets versus capsules. As to the price of the commercial um, drug, we have not gotten to, to that point yet, but I think that your assertion might be correct. Well, I, I know you're early in the clinic, you mentioned some of the, the preclinical results, what do we know about the, the the safety and efficacy of the drug to date? So, in terms of um, safety, we tested BT11 before we went into the phase one study. We we ran uh, ninety day GLP tox studies in rats and dogs. Those were the pivotal studies that allowed us to get our IND approved. 
with acid doses of uh, 250, 500, 1,000 milligrams kilo. So we got up to the limit dose that the FDA would require. And we saw no adverse events at any of the doses, including the highest dose, 1,000 milligrams per kilo. Just to give you a reference, the efficacious dose is at 8 milligrams per kilo. So we have a, a huge window uh, based on the preclinical modeling in the um, pivotal studies, uh, same genotoxicity, safety pharmacology. As I mentioned, we already have the phase one data where we're able, we run the study with about um, 70 uh, normal healthy volunteers distributed in five cohorts of single ascending dose, um, ranging in doses of 7.7 milligrams per kilo to about 100 milligrams per kilo, and then three cohorts of multiple ascending dose with the uh, same ranges, 7.7 to 100 milligrams per kilo. Even at the highest dose of BT11, we saw no significant differences when compared to placebo. So we feel very confident in terms of safety based on what we've seen so far, both based on the preclinical studies as well as the phase one um, data in normal healthy volunteers, that BT11 is as predicted, that the GAD restriction, uh, its physical chemical characteristics contribute to being a very, very safe compound. In terms of efficacy, We've tested BT11 in five mouse models of inflammatory bowel disease. The Dexon sodium sulfate model, IL-10 knockout, MDR-1 knockout, adoptive transfer model, and serodentium model. And we've seen efficacy across all these models, so it's not uh, an efficacy that is model-dependent. And in some cases, in two of these models, and we, we published some of these data uh, a few months ago, in Inflammatory Bowel Disease Journal, we've run um, comparison of BT11 versus active controls, which may be like current drugs that are um, in the clinic, uh, 5-ASA, TNF-alpha blockers, and we've demonstrated that in those preclinical models, BT11 actually outperforms uh, the 5-ASA and TNF-alpha blockers. So we are very confident uh, about the potential of BT11 not only to be uh, a much safer drug than um, current standard of care, but also potentially to be uh, highly efficacious. And our phase two studies that are about to start will address the question um, on efficacy too. And what will you be using as endpoints in those studies? So the phase two studies are designed uh, in two phases. We have a 12-week induction period followed by a 40-week uh, maintenance period. There will be endoscopy at baseline 12 weeks and 52 weeks. And one of the, both in the obstetrical colitis as well as in the Crohn's disease study, the endoscopy is going to be crucial for the endpoint because what we want to see as a marker of clinical remission is mucosal healing. And that mucosal healing in the obstetrical colitis studies will be evaluated based on the Mayo score, um, and, and there's a target of uh, less than less or equal than two in the Mayo score, and uh, less or equal uh, to one in the subscore. And then for the Crohn's disease, also an endoscopy measurement, uh, we are going to use 50% reduction in SCSCD, which is the scoring system used for Crohn's disease. Uh, and in addition, we are going to be looking at uh, patient-reported outcomes, such as abdominal pain. Uh, blood in stool 
and so on. Uh, so those are going to be uh, primary measurements. We are going to be uh, looking at translational parameters uh, such as uh, regulatory T cells uh, in the lamina propria with biopsy specimens, uh, cytokine profiles, uh, but those will be secondary. And if all goes well, when might you be able to uh, uh, submit for an approval? So remember, we are now about to start phase two studies. So uh, after we have the proof of concept efficacy from these phase two studies, we'll, we'll have to be running a phase three uh, trial, which will be crucial for registration purposes. Uh, we are anticipating that the NDA would happen around 2023. And does this have potential application in other autoimmune conditions, or is this particular to IBD? So it depends on how you define this. So if you define this as the drug, given the physical chemical characteristics of BT11, and given that it stays in the gastrointestinal tract, the main focus of this drug is for Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, or possibly for other uh, gastrointestinal indications where we want to regulate immune responses and inflammation. However, the target, LANCL2, since it's expressed in other immune cells beyond the gastrointestinal tract, it has potential for other autoimmune indications. And in fact, uh, Landos is not a, a one-trick pony. BT11 is our lead asset and the asset that has uh, been advancing uh, along the development pipeline into IND and of phase one, about to start phase two. But we have a pipeline of compounds with different, different physical chemical characteristics that allow um, increased systemic exposure. And those will be the compounds that we would use for other indications, such as uh, systemic lupus erythematosus, uh, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes. So the technology is applicable to other autoimmune diseases, but the drug that we utilize to activate that pathway varies depending on the autoimmune disease and whether it is a gut-restricted action or one that requires systemic exposure. Joseph Basagania Riera, Chairman and CEO of Landos Biopharma. Joseph, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Uh, that was great. Appreciate it very much. I'll pop a note when it goes live. We're probably a couple. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.